So, yeah, today we're starting a short series on Hebrews. Um, and the book of Hebrews has much to say to us as we, as we uh, discovered in our study earlier this year. Um, <clears throat> we realised, in fact, that it, it has so many important things to say to us uh, that we thought it was important to talk about it in our Sunday gathering as well so that it wasn't just the people who went to the Bible study who get to benefit from Hebrews. Now, today I'm just going to be introducing the main theme of Hebrews, and then we'll look into more specific areas in the coming weeks. So if I'm introducing Hebrews, how could I go past the Bible Project? And I don't know if you notice this book sitting here, but we got this... um, from uh, the Bible Project as a thank you for our donation that we made uh, a month or so ago. And this book has the, um, all, of the, all of the posters from all of the 66 books in the Bible, along with the text of the videos. And for the longer books, there's even some uh, sketches and stuff to show how they planned the, the videos. So this is Renew's book, so it'll live here, and if you want to have a look at it, grab it and have a look at it. It's got that lovely new book smell, and um, yeah, it's a very cool book, so check that out later. Um, So for now, let's watch the Bible Project's summary of Hebrews. Now for those on Zoom, I'm leaving this on Uh, Zoom's normal screen sharing so that you can see the words but the animation might be a bit weird so you should be able to hear it and see the words but the animation won't be as good as if you hear so I'm afraid there's not much we can do about that for the rest of us enjoy So before I talk specifically about the message of Hebrews or the messages, um, I wanted to talk about another message which is foremost in many people's minds today, the message of COVID-19 vaccination. I'm sure you're all aware of the struggle the Australian government has had with the vaccine rollout. Um, Extremely unlikely side effects such as one in a million chance deaths from AstraZeneca have been Uh, hyped up by the media as if they should result in the vaccine's withdrawal. And in fact, they did result in the vaccine's withdrawal for people under 60 in Australia. For a long time, it looked as if Australia simply wasn't interested in vaccines for anyone other than aged care home residents. And the federal government was happy to play it slow rather than offer some enticing rewards for getting vaccinated. But the Delta variant has abruptly changed that. The reward of not getting dangerously sick, which a vaccine gives you, is suddenly more enticing when those around you are getting dangerously sick, as they are in New South Wales. Now, the media is talking now, the media is talking down the risks of vaccination and lambasting the government for moving too slowly. Isn't it funny how the media always gets it right, even if they got it wrong yesterday? <laughs> <clears throat> it's been fascinating to watch 
and to see what motivates people to make this sort of choice. And this is just the sort of choice that the book of Hebrews is talking about. Just before we talk again about the message of Hebrews, I want to do one more thing, and that is to clarify exactly what the book of Hebrews is. It wasn't mentioned in the Bible Project video, but unlike most of the books in the latter part of the New Testament, the book of Hebrews isn't really a letter. It doesn't start with a greeting. It doesn't end with with messages, etc., etc. Rather, it starts with a context-setting statement, rather like the beginning of a story. Long ago in a place far, far away, uh, in a galaxy far, far away. No, it doesn't start that way. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, obviously George Lucas was inspired by this, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But clearly this book isn't a story. Rather, it's a sermon. As a sermon, Hebrews contains a mixture of argument and exhortation. The argument presents a case, as we saw, for Jesus' supremacy. The um, exhortation encourages the recipients of the sermon to live appropriately. Now, Hebrews is quite a long sermon. I checked how long it would take if I read the whole thing, and it's a bit over an hour. Brief exhortation, as he said. Now, I'm sure you'll be glad to hear that today's sermon is just a little bit shorter than that. (laughs) Now, I mentioned that the preacher of Hebrews is encouraging his listeners to live appropriately according to the reality of Christ's supremacy over all things. A big part of the appropriate living that he's arguing for is actually relying on Christ as the sole source of salvation. You see, the recipients of Hebrew seem to have been Jews, thus the name of the book, and they have been tempted to fall back into a form of their old religion. All people face this temptation. The idea that we can please God on our own, that we can work our way into heaven. But for Jews, this temptation is both powerful And, in a strange way, nonsensical. The preacher of Hebrews works through the entire history of God's relationship with Israel to point out how Jesus' relationship with his children is not only superior to every experience of the people of Israel, but it's also pointed to by every experience. So, in theology, we call uh, the way that the Old Testament... um, practices and and, and religion uh, points to Christ as a type of Christ. So in computer programming, we have types as well. And it's a way of of saying that that this thing matches, it's it's a particular type of thing. So so the sacrifices um, that the Jews made are a type of the sacrifice of Christ. The death of the animals on the altar are ultimately fulfilled by the death of Christ on the cross. There are no highs in Jewish history or in any history that are higher than Jesus. There are no means of salvation that are more effective than Jesus. 
And for Jews, everything points to Jesus. So the preacher appeals to both Jesus' supremacy, as here, and to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. And he warns his listeners of the dangers of not taking Jesus as our saviour. Such as here in Hebrews 2. Therefore we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord and it was attested to us by those who heard. So the preacher of Hebrews understands probably better than the Australian Commonwealth Government did that you must both entice and warn people to motivate them. You might wonder why the preacher needs to spur his listeners on at all. Aren't they Christians after all? Don't Christians just automatically do the right thing? Yes, they are Christians, but as his sermon makes clear, this is a church that has not faced persecution for a long time. And they have become comfortable. They've forgotten how deadly sin is because they haven't felt its sting. They're like Australia before the Delta variant. Full of false self-confidence. But the preacher knows that persecution is coming and that the church must make the difficult decision to treat their faith seriously. Following Christ comes at a cost. It's not free. But the cost of not following Christ is far higher. Now we're in the same situation as that ancient church. Persecution is coming for us as Christians in Australia. And we need to take Christ seriously. So what exactly is the preacher's call to action? If the government's call to action is to isolate and get vaccinated, what is the preacher of Hebrews' call? I don't think it's to isolate and get vaccinated. I think it's something else. Let's look at this section of Hebrews and see if we can discern it. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another And all the more as you see the day drawing near. 
So the preacher is, is calling us to have genuine, life-altering faith, grounded in confidence in Jesus. It's interesting that this call is not merely a call for individuals to act independently. This is a call for a corporate response. We are all in this together. As Christians, yes, we, need, we each need to nurture our own... I don't think that's what that's talking about, by the way. I don't think this is um, a quote from Hebrews, but you get the idea. We do need to nurture our own faith, and we don't need to, but we don't need to nurture it on our own. I'll say that again, because I messed it up the first time. We, we need, we each need to nurture our own faith, but we don't need to nurture it on our own. You might say that our faith is like our children. Each pair of parents, every parent is responsible for their own children, or their own child, as the case may be. But we don't have to raise them alone. We have a lot of support from family, friends, our neighbourhood, society, the church, of course, and so on. Faith is the same. We are each responsible for our relationship with God, but we don't have to stoke this fire on our own. We can, and indeed we must, gather together to encourage one another, to fan the flame of our devotion to our Lord Jesus. Again, there is a parallel with our response to COVID here too. Our individual actions certainly protect us individually from COVID, but they also protect us corporately, and thus this slogan, which is everywhere. This harmony between the individual benefit and the corporate benefit is almost forgotten in contemporary Australia because we're such an individualistic culture, but it should be familiar to us as Christians because we're not an individualistic culture, or we shouldn't be. Again, we must remember too exactly what faith is. Our response as Christians is that faith is not belief despite the evidence, as many sceptics claim. No. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Faith isn't groundless, but neither is it simply believing what you can touch and feel. It's something that looks to the future. We are people who live for the future, not for the past or the present. Our faith draws us onward, draws us towards Jesus' final victory over sin and death, towards the redemption and repair of everything, towards our happily ever after. You ever wonder why happily ever afters are so appealing? Unrealistic. Because in this world they're unrealistic, but we know that we're made for happily ever afters. 
Disney has built an empire on that. I mean, in this world, anyway. <laughs> yeah. In this world, we won't get a happily ever after, but in the world that Jesus is building, the world, when this world is remade, we'll have a happily ever after. And our faith draws us into the future by transforming us in the present. All through this pandemic, we've struggled with complex messages. What is essential work? When should we wear masks? How many people can gather together and what can they do? In contrast, the message of Hebrews is simple. Our hearts must be transformed by faith. As we read our Bibles, as we pray, as we worship together, as we spend each day in God's presence, let's encourage one another to greater confidence and faith and let's work together in the transformation of our hearts into the beautiful heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, help us to recognise the importance of escaping death by embracing the death of our sins in Jesus. Let your spirit work his transforming power in our hearts so that we might truly become Jesus' body here on earth. In our precious Lord's name. Amen. Amen.